Uh, welcome, listeners, to another episode of Coffee with Doc. And um, it's been a um, great, having some great feedback from everybody out there. And I really appreciate you listening. And and um, it's been pretty entertaining, not only for me and my guests, but uh, the folks that are listening. Uh, we've been getting some great feedback on our on our webpage. I mean, our, I'm sorry, our Facebook page. Uh, so you can kind of check us out on that. So today we have a, um, a gentleman from across the country, uh, residing in the Southwest. And he's going to, he's going to tell us his story today. And, uh, I'm pretty excited. This young man was a, a phenomenal student of ours at Sturgis high school. And, and we're exceptionally proud of him for, for where he is today. And he's made some career changes. And, and I think that's, uh, that's part of this whole thing is to make people realize that, you know, you can start out with a career and then, uh, and then change and, and it's okay. So um, I will have our guest introduce himself and tell, uh, tell us what year he graduated and, and his current position. So go ahead. All right. Well, Hey, this is Michael Dickey from uh, Sturgis high school class of 1999 um, I, after I graduated, I went to Central Michigan University for a bachelor's in uh, athletic training slash sports medicine, that's what they were calling it at that time. And then I, uh, you know, loved that and decided to go a little further and, and do some master's work at Grand Valley State University. And I was lucky enough to get a graduate assistantship there working for the kinesiology department, being kind of a TA. I taught some beginning athletic training classes and first aid and also worked with women's soccer and the rehab room. And, uh, that master's degree was a master's of public administration, um, which it was, you know, I, I went for the experience rather than the degree, to be honest, you know, you can, you have a master's, you can do anything in athletic training as far as back then. So I went for the, uh, experience and got some great experience. And, uh, after that, um, I kind of have been doing a lot of different things over the past couple of years. <laughs> yes. And not only that, not only did you go to Central and you went to Grand Valley, but what you did, and you may not know this, is you paved the way for a lot of the students that went to those schools after you, especially, oh, really? especially Grand Valley. Um, there, were, there were probably, I can think of four or five students after you um, that... Um, that you paved the way for. And, and not only they appreciate that, I appreciate that also. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, so you, um, you left Grand Valley and what happened after that? You know, I had, um, so at, it was 2005, I graduated there and, um, that, fall, I got married to my wife, Kelsa. Uh, actually, our anniversary is yesterday. Thank you for reminding me, Doc. Yes, no um, problem. <laughs> You're just a rookie. I am. It's only been 13 years. I'm still a rookie. Um, but, uh, you know, it was... So I knew where I had to be because I I didn't have a job, but Kelsa had a, a pretty successful job working uh, around Lansing at uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car as a a corporate accountant for their kind of state headquarters. So I was like, well, I have to find a job within a certain mile radius. Um, and that was, that was pretty hard to find for, um, you know, somebody with a master's degree looking for athletic training. Uh, at that time, that was, 
you know, it, it was just hard. It wasn't a good market or atmosphere for high school athletic trainers to get paid, you know, well. And and it was there's just not nothing available. So I actually I worked at what did I do? I um I worked for Enterprise Rent a Car for a little bit, driving cars. Like that was kind of my in between. I was putting my resume out there, and just nothing was coming through or. Um, I was the, one of the finalists and it just didn't come through with a job for whatever reason. And, uh, so finally I, um, applied. And so I, I go, going back to the enterprise rental car, that was actually kind of fun. Cause I was just hanging out with those, well, the, all these old guys driving cars from different places and just shooting bowl with these old timers. And so that was kind of fun, but, um, uh, that was just kind of an in-between thing, but I finally landed a job at a company and I never, Never thought I would ever be doing anything like this. I, you know, going through college, I always wanted to be like the Red Wings next head athletic trainer. Like that was my goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more and more I realized it, like that is a commitment. And especially like seeing you, Doc, with how long, you know, how you're away from your family, just working in high school, like working a professional sports team, like you are gone a lot. And that never really resonated with me. I, I just really, I knew I wanted to have a family and sure. have kids and get married. And that's just not something I wanted to be away with. I couldn't handle that. So um, going into this job, it happened to be that it was in corporate wellness. Uh, and it's a company called WorkFit. And they're around a little bit nowadays, but it was actually down in the Jackson Correctional Facility. Um, so I was an athletic trainer and we worked at the prison. And so you never thought of athletic training trainers and uh, prisoners working together. But luckily I didn't work the prisoners. I worked with the employees of Mm -hmm. the staff. So if they got hurt, um, they went to basically our training room and we evaluated them. We referred them out to the doctor, to the, um, the, uh, the, the workplace doctor that was there if they needed something. And then they came back if they needed rehab and we did the rehab for them for free. And so it was just kind of a benefit. It was saving the company money. It was saving the employees money. Uh, and we did fitness programs too. So that was actually really cool. Like I never thought in a million years I would do it, but it was, it was awesome. So that is, for those of you that are younger, uh, that is something that you can do. WorkFit had, I, I really don't know where they're at anymore, but GM plants, um, factories that they, they consider them the industrial athlete. I'm doing air quotes, but the industrial athlete, like those people work hard that are in factories and they get hurt and they have repetitive injuries. Um, and they have acute injuries that can be taken care of. That's saving the company money, money, uh, and saving them time and money. Sure. So it's, the, it, it was the, a very yeah, cool thing. The industrial athletic trainer uh, setting has exploded uh, since then, and there are many, many companies that see the value of athletic trainers and how you know they get the people back on the line. Um, and a great example of that is you know we or myself work with the Sturgis Fire Department on their tactical fitness training, which you and I both know it's more work hardening and prevention of injuries really than anything. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And prevention. So it's both and it's, it's a great program. And I mean, imagine that if they don't have that service and they're on the job, even whether they're firefighters or plant workers and they don't have that like on site, they have to drive somewhere. They're probably not going to go. It's out of their pocket and they're going to stay hurt and be less productive and not happy. Right, so right. it's it's a win-win for everybody. And we're, we're part of a society called the Fire Police Athletic Trainer Society. And I, I was just accepted into this society uh, this past summer, but just l- listening to what's out there, it's incredible. The amount of police and fire 
um, that hire athletic trainers that are now having in-house facilities, um, you know, for these heroes, it's, it's second to none. And I think it's come a long way. Definitely. Yeah. Those are, those men and women are athletes just like anybody else that, and because they have to not compete, but they have to work and live at a higher level of, of, uh, fitness and, uh, risk of injury. So it's, Super important that they stay yeah, healthy. Yeah, and the the best feedback that I get is recovery. They could go to a car accident, work four or five hours, or a, or fire ground, and they say the next day, you know, they they've recovered quicker. And these and these are are you know the average age probably in our departments thirty five to forty four, so they're not young, and you know they're just reaching that age where recovery is a problem. So these. These programs certainly help, and and I'm sure that's what you did at WorkFit. And did you know you you probably knew this, but the other guy didn't know this that Frank Misick, um, who was a 1990 graduate, worked there before you. I think you, you know I talked about this sometime yeah, we ago, re- recently, and um, I think I knew that, but I I think I forgot. I right. think that in in talking with either the 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 CEO or somebody, I was like, Hey, you know, so she, she told me that somebody else from Sturgis used to work crazy. here too. So that it's was crazy. small world, yeah, small world. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you listen to his podcast, he'll tell you where he worked. And then I say, well, did you know that Mike Dickey, who was quite younger than you, you know, followed in your footsteps and worked at the same place. He had no idea. <laughs> oh, interesting. Huh. <laughs> he had no idea, which is kind of cool. So go on. So go on. Yeah. Um, so that was, well, that, that was, you know, I, I I love that job. It was great. Um, and we actually moved from there. I had to leave. I could have stayed for a long, long time, but uh, Kelsey got promoted within Enterprise Rent-A-Car and we moved out to Phoenix. Um, so we moved out to, to that job. Um, and so she was, you know, again, here with the steady job and I was just trying to find something, whether it was the perfect fit for me or not. It didn't matter at that time. I just had to find something and ended up being as an athletic trainer, staff athletic trainer in a, a physical therapy clinic. And that was, um, you know, it, it didn't fit me, my, my personality, what I wanted to contribute. And it basically came down to the manager, not wanting any input from anybody about anything. And it was like six months. So, uh, and by that time I was like, okay, uh, I'm just here to get hot packs and show people stretches and like, that's not me. Like I want to give input and I want to help and show what I know and, you know, help, help things grow. And, you know, unfortunately it was just the model that this, this manager had where if you had low back pain, you get these four exercises and an ice pack mm-hmm. and see you later. Um, you know, it, it, so it was just didn't, you know, jive with my philosophy of, of care anyway. So, which is fine. Like you learn stuff, right? Like every, everything is a learning opportunity. You just have to let it be like every, even a failure is a learning opportunity. So I didn't consider that a failure. It was just like, Oh, now I really know what I don't like and what I what I need to give to a to a job that I want to stay with. So um, I, uh, I I quit that job and started to do some personal training for a little bit, just working out of a gym, which was really cool. Uh, I did have an exercise science minor, so that helped, and it was kind of cool, cool because I got to work with the you know the the sale the gym sales guy said you know what we have Mike here he's an athletic trainer and so if you have any injuries not only will he get you stronger but he help you with your injuries too and so that was that was pretty rewarding um, and then all of a sudden I was you know always looking for a job like just trying to find the right thing like I'm never 
And for anybody out there, like just you can always be looking, and that doesn't mean you have to take the job. But there's a there may be something that exactly fits what you want. So always, you know, every month or two, look on on websites and and find you know find something for you. But I found that the uh, uh, Harlem Globetrotters uh, were hiring an athletic trainer, and their headquarters are in downtown Phoenix. I was like, well, why not apply to be an athletic trainer for the Harlem Absolutely. Globetrotters? You know, I. Like I, even if I ever say, you know, I applied once to be athletic trainer for the Harlem Globetrotters, like that's pretty cool, right? So, I um they they said, hey, come in for an interview. Uh, I said, okay, cool, and went, and it was like, is very surreal because they have like their their boardroom has like a basketball court under it, and they're playing like the video of them playing the generals, and I was like, I remember watching that when I was little, and um, it's just really cool, and and because I've always just admired and loved the Harlem Globetrotters. But so they interviewed me and I think it went well. And I got a call the next day and they're like, you know what, you're, you don't really have the professional experience, but we really like you. And so can you start next week? And by the way, you're, we're flying you to, uh, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. What do you think? And I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) So, um, I, uh, I went with the Harlem Globetrotters and, that was, I mean, I can, what do you want to know about Incredible that? Incredible experience. So many, I, I remember when you were going yeah, through it. it was and awesome. The, and just the, the, you know, the stories and the people that you've met. Um, talk about the players and that kind of thing. They were, it was, it was the, probably the best experience of my life. Like, and I always say, I tell this to Kelsa and I tell it to everybody that asks about it. Like if I were single, sure. I would still be doing it today. It's those guys, I mean, it takes working with high school kids and college kids uh, and, and college adults, like down to earth. Um, they're there to have fun. They're not professional. They're not snobs. They're not jerks. Um, they're not prima donnas. And just they're super nice guys. 90% of them just have personality uh a, you know, the huge personalities, just like how you'd see them on the court. Other ones are like, it's completely an act, but not in a bad way. Um, but they're just introverts that happen to be globetrotters and they have characters, right? But like, they were so thankful and appreciative and friendly and we hung out and it was like, they were, it was, it was great. Um, and you got to so, travel yeah, was, around with them? And... Was yep. Travel with them? Yeah, tra- yeah, totally. So we, um, it was... What had happened was that at that time, there were two Harlem Globetrotter squads, an East Coast and a West Coast. And then they over uh, spring, they go into international travel mode, and they take uh, maybe a third of each squad and make an international travel squad, and that group goes. And so I was interim athletic trainer for the one athletic trainer that went with them international. And it was kind of, that was the European leg. So at that time, it was like a six-week couple month tour um and uh that everybody was done and it was kind of the summer and they had a couple months off and i had lined up another job to be working in another pt clinic so um it kind of ended perfectly i went to work this other pt clinic and within a week the globetrotters called me and said hey mike what, what do you think about being full-time and i said oh you know what i would i i could but I, I just don't think it's it's for me, you know, long, long term. I have this great job set up. It's right down the road from my house. It's it's great. Um, 
So I, I, I parted with ways with the Globetrotters, but they kept me on speed dial for like weekend stuff. If somebody was oh, on yeah. a quick little vacation or something. So I did yeah, a couple other tours. I went down to Florida. I went around Arizona with them. So that was just a couple other little extra side gigs that, that they had me do. Great experience. Yeah. yeah that phenomenal experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Cause it was, you know, it's uh spoiler alert for those of you, but it, it's, it's a mm. lot of an act, right? Um, <laughs> So right. it's all it's all scripted. They know what the it's interesting because the coach doesn't call a play like you know a regular play as we think of a play of basketball. He calls a play, but that is specifically what is going to happen for the next five minutes uh-huh. in the script. And depending on how slow or fast the game is going, if they're making their shots or not, or if you can tell the crowd is in or out of it, he's going to call a play that's going to be like a showstopper. And so because everybody knows where they are and they're not really playing 100%, like there aren't a lot of acute injuries. There, there are some, there are, you know, uh, fingers in the eye and sprained ankles and that kind of stuff. But really it was a lot of uh, mm-hmm. jumper's knees, patellar tendonitis, because they're literally playing wow. nine games a week. And these guys, there's just some guys that just slam dunk. They just are dunkers. And so they're jumping four or five times a game and playing at the same time where they're doing these crazy jumps. And and so um, the the injuries weren't crazy. Maybe I was lucky. Maybe it was just the way that it worked out, but that's kind of what I thought. But I also got to be in charge of some of the really neat behind-the-scenes stuff, like the ball that they do on the string. Like, I made that every game. Um, I was in charge of all the gags and the the water buckets and the confetti buckets. Like, I made those before every game and got them ready for him and hit him for him. And so that was kind of kind of neat sweet. to be that guy, too. That's sweet. And so you ended up in a second PT clinic. Yeah. And that was, um, that was just, uh, that was actually, uh, this, that interview was oh. the same day as the Globetrotters interview. And the, the PT clinic didn't call me until like two weeks in and they said, Hey, we'd like to offer you the job. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be kind of on the other side of the country for a couple more weeks. So, um, if you want to hold that spot for me, that'd be great. And they actually did. Um, and it was a, it was a fairly small clinic and, uh, we had two PTs and myself and a couple of assistants and techs, and it actually just kind of grew over five or six years that I was there. We added a couple more PTs and way more techs and they just expanded the, the doubled the size. They, they bought the, the place next door. And so it was great. I, I think I brought a lot of, um, you know, I, as an athletic trainer, we have to always be learning right? Because we have, we have so many more continuing education units that we have to get every single year and every, every two years for us. Like I'd rather do fun stuff and hands-on stuff than online stuff. Like, or go, you know, go learn a skill or a a manual technique or something. And so I, that's what I like to do. So I brought a lot of that in. We brought, um, some therapeutic cupping stuff, some, some really neat kind of off the wall stuff that people love and it actually works. So that was pretty cool. Um, and so with that, that it's uh, doctors liked it because we got, we were doing a lot of hands-on stuff with our patients and it grew. Um, and finally I, I realized that I was at a point with uh, because with, with billing and Medicare and health insurance and the disaster that is uh, mm-hmm. you know, health insurance in America that I couldn't be as uh, be as hands-on as a PT really, you know, should be. Um, and so I, I was just kind of stuck and I was approached from another job and it was a company that actually bought out WorkFit that bought a PT clinic right up the road. And they said, Hey, we love you to do marketing. And 
and see patients and help with the athletic population that we have in our clinics. They had three clinics throughout the Valley. And so I was like, okay, cool. I feel like I can grow, like I can maybe be regional something or, or, uh, administration of some kind. And, um, it was great. And then the guy that hired me was fired and then it just all went downhill. Like they lost the vision. Uh, he had this vision and they lost it. And the manager came up to me one day and said, Hey, you know, Mike, um, rather than kind of a 2020 split of patient care and marketing, uh, I want you to just do 40 hours a week of cold calling doctors. And I was like, um, no, thanks. That's not what I signed up for. So, so I, uh, gave my notice and, uh, that, that was that. that, that was a great experience. You know, worked with a lot of great people, a lot of great, uh, athletes and PTs and, and learned a lot, learned a lot about marketing, what works, what doesn't work kind of in a service industry that, so that was, that was really neat. Um, and at that point I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't really want to work in PT anymore, but I don't, I have a, my wife was pregnant and I didn't want to, um, you know, I had a hard time going into athletics, you know, schools and college or, you know, professional sports again because of the time commitment. Um, so I was just trying to kind of search and find myself again, I guess. And so my wife, uh, started a, you know, we, we left for Arizona because she was a corporate accountant, a manager now. And she left that because she found that she wanted to help people and not crunch numbers for a business. And she uh, said, I'm going to become a financial coach, which was not a real big thing back then, ten, it's been 10 years ago now. And so she had been a financial coach for six or seven years by then. And and I, I was like, so what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to maybe go look for a marketing job or take some, go back to school or something. And she's like, hey, dummy, why don't <laughs> yeah, you come work it, for me? I need your help. It exploded. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I left. It was perfect timing because I could have been a stay-at-home dad for a little bit and work a couple hours a week or a couple days a week or whatever. And and then now I'm, you know, full-time helping our, her financial coaching business uh, as kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, marketing, social podcast. media. Um, you're my, you're my podcast. Podcast. You're the guy. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. You're my guy. Yeah, yeah that's right. But but you're uh, you're no, you're going to surpass like that, us pretty soon here, I think. So tell us, um, fiscal fitness phoenix um phenomenal yeah, business um correct and, and actually it helped us out tremendously um through some financial um challenges that we had um about 10 years ago um i think so were, yeah. i think you were yeah. one of kelsey's first clients but, really you know the information um uh, even today i mean my two kids and their significant others um, have bought into um, the website, the newsletters, um, the podcasts. I mean, they're listening, and you know they're young, they're impressionable right now, and I want them to get that that great knowledge that that the company has to offer. And and again, you guys helped us uh, virtually. I mean, through there wasn't even Skype at that point. I don't think. I think it was just a phone call. No. We'd have a phone call once a yeah, month. And, yeah, definitely. And uh, Kelsa, you know, gave us a, a spreadsheet for our budget, which we still use today. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it was grown from out of, you know, our literally our dining room table 10 years ago. And to, um, you know, we, we 
just got out of a, a big office because now we're doing everything virtually. Like it used to be meetings in person and then phone calls and working with like Google Sheets right. and kind of doing it online and that kind of stuff. But now we do everything virtually with some video conferencing and um, you know, we, we're actually moved out because that was a big, big, a lot of overhead work, running a business when you're just there to talk to people on the internet. So why not work from home? So we made a an office out of home and we have a couple employees under us and we're doing great. Now we're actually, we have a financial coach academy where we train people to become financial coaches and kind of follow that path from uh, sure, just a dream a to a full-fledged business. And, and through this whole conversation, Mike, you, you know, you, you've faced adversity a few times, but you're, and you can tell it in your voice, the, um, the passion that you had for, you know, sports medicine, um, but your positiveness, your positive attitude, um, which, which comes from, a great upbringing and um, your, your parents are phenomenal people, uh, personal friends of ours. Um, your dad, a uh, teacher at Sturgis public school system, coach, um, announcer, um, you know, the voice of the Trojans. And, you know, when he retired, uh, there was a big, there was a yeah. big loss there and, you know, going to games and not listening to him, but speak to your folks, speak about your folks. How, how, what kind of influence did they have on you? Yeah, you know, they're, I mean, I really want to think about it. They're some of the biggest role models. Um, both teachers for, for all of my life. Um, and they, I think they just taught me values and, and to, uh, you know, really want to help people as much as possible and be there for people. And um, just, you know, really, nobody's different. I'm sorry, you know, nobody's different from you. Everybody's the same, whether, you know, race, creed, religion, whatever, like treat everybody the same. Um, and, uh, you know, do, do things well and, and with a purpose. And it's, sure. it's been a big, obviously a big influence. Um, and, and so l- luckily they, they live out here now. They moved about an hour away on the other side of the, of, uh, the valley from us. And they uh, get to come and hang out with us and babysit and, see our daughter that's all wonderful. the time. So that's it's just it's great that's that what life's about. That's, it's, it's perfect. Good situation for you guys. So, um, you have a daughter, Carmen. And yeah, she is, uh, she's two and a half. Um, she's awesome. We, uh, I, I just, she's so smart and, uh, it's, it's crazy to just watch her grow. Like we, we were, Kelsey and I were just in Orlando for about five days for a conference and we got back and just, she already saying new words and, and pronouncing things better. And it was like, how'd you do that in five days? That's so crazy. Like it's really kid kids are a head trip when they're growing. It's like, whoa, it's, it's crazy. That's so phenomenal. We, we, That's just phenomenal. amazing. Love her wife's death. doing well and she's thriving in her business and she's doing a really, a really good job for a lot of people. And, uh, and again, that's, you know, you're, it's, you're, it's a spinoff. It's what you were taught, help people, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, what about your friend exactly. circle at Sturgis yeah. High School? Throw out some names for me. Oh, gosh. Uh, my friends were uh, Matt Summy, Ryan Jennings, Josh Ritter. Who else? Uh, Sarah Wright, Sarah Hodgson. Uh, John Thomas Ma. So, but you know, I was, that was like my real center group, but I was, I think I was, you were, you were I like to yep. think I was you friends were. with everybody. Like I, I hung out with everybody. I, 
you know, I was, I, but I had friends within other circles and we go hang out, hang out. And I was never, never felt like I was the odd man out. So that was kind of my, my circle. We were the, um, I don't even know what, what kind of group we were, but, um, nice. That, that was my circle. Sure. And um, then what activities had, you like, do in high school? Friends everywhere. Gosh. Um, I played tennis. I played golf a little bit. Drum I, major, by the way. I uh, was in band. Drum major. Drum I was major. drum major my senior year. What's that? Drum major my senior year. Yep. Um, and I was then uh, in the student athletic training program for four years. Um I know I was not the best <laughs> at that time, but uh, that's what it's all I, about. Uh, that was definitely a learning you don't experience. Have to learn right in high school. I mean, you, yeah, you exactly. Took it to the levels, and you always no, said to me, "says no. oh, I'm so glad we had the program. I'm so glad that uh, that I joined and I and I learned and and you, what you found out when you went to college was you were ahead of the class." Yeah, exactly. Like it was, um, like you said, you never. It's hard to learn in the moment, especially when you're in high school. Like you don't know anything, and whether even though you think you know everything, and um, especially what actions that you have and how they really impact you and other people. And so that was after the fact. I'm like, oh man, what was I doing? Like it's it was a big wake up call once I got to college, especially because after working with you for four years and then taking your class, and I think at that time it was just was it just one athletic um, training class? Or was it? I don't even think there was the second one yet. I don't remember. Yeah, but I think it. Okay, just a basic I, class. I yeah, it went I think into it was just one to advance and then advance two. Yeah, as the years went on. Yeah, no, it was definitely not advanced two. I'm trying to think. I don't remember, but I, I'm thinking it was one, maybe just two. But I'm thinking it was before there was even a second one. So, but I got into college, and my athletic training 101 class was easier than your athletic training class in high school. And I was, I mean, I was that kid that raised his hand to everything and already knew everything. And I could, I could have taught that class, to be honest. And I was like, and I think that's when I realized like, oh my gosh, I wasted a lot of time where I could have really got a stuff out of high school more. Because uh, if, if, if I could have floated through it like I did and not be responsible like I was with athletic training, like I, I could have been way, way better off. Um, so I, I, I apologize for <laughs> you did anything fine, that I did, you did in high school. You did a fine job. You, you did what <laughs> you're supposed bad. to do. Oh, great. Well, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So that was okay. good. I think that's that's about it, um, high school wise. But I did a lot of stuff. I was in student government and did musicals, but I could never sing. So I, you know, I did a lot of stuff. I like to be friends and with then everybody. Some teachers, you friend remember. of all, enemy of none. Yeah, well. Oh man. Besides your truth. Well, you obviously. Um Gosh, who else? Um high school teachers. Um You know, I learned a lot from Mr. Church. Um and uh very successful football coach right see. now. Mhm. St. Joe? Yeah. St. Joe He's High School. He's where in uh the west side of St. Joe, that's right. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm, try, I'm trying to run through my day. Uh, <laughs> 25 years ago almost. Um, let's see. 
you know, Mrs. Begaman, who was uh, my Spanish teacher. I think she was only there for a couple years, but I just loved her. Uh, you know, I, uh, man. Oh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Sure. Newsbaum and Mr. Ellis, sure. biology yeah, teachers great, great then were, just I just love them. Yeah. Um, just great people. Yep. And made, this made stuff fun. Like in biology can be hard for a lot of people and it is hard for a lot of people, but when you can make it fun and an experience. I certainly learned a lot from those two teaching in the science department. Yeah. 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 Great, Mike. Um, Yeah, I think those are some of the bigger names I can remember I know you're busy with your your fiscal fitness Phoenix and um, taking care of the baby and your wife. And I really appreciate your time and, and, um, can't can't say how proud I proud I am of you. Um, we've kept in contact all these years. I, I I was aware of every step of the way, and that's that's payday, you know, for a teacher. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, that's awesome. My pleasure. Well, you know, I we actually didn't talk about this, but I was that's your right. intern for that's right. a full semester when I was in college, and I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and that was probably one of the other biggest learning experiences that I, out of my life, just, um, h- having been, I mean, it was like, I actually got to make up for my mistakes that I made in high school. I feel like, and I, and that, that was just a great experience learning from you, but seeing it from an adult's eyes and, uh, you yeah, know, that was experience, a, that was a great situation. Eyes, was, and, and that was awesome too. Yeah, so I, mean, I appreciate that, it. It worked out great. You have some great family support yeah. to allow you to do that. And you also worked for Dr. Neil over at, Advantis. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that was great too. Like I, the amount of stories I have when I, when I'm working in PT, I still actually get to go back to my old PT clinic when somebody is on vacation, but the amount of stories I have from there to relate to patients that are having the same surgeries that I observed and assisted with, or the same, uh, you know, injuries and conditions that, that we helped with, like seeing it from through my eyes, but through a, a podiatrist's eyes, that's been super valuable super. too. And well, um, so that hey was, that folks, was awesome that's experience. another episode of Coffee with Doc, and this has been fantastic. Uh, talking to Mike again, and he shares his story and a lot of stories out there from a lot of graduates. So, uh, encourage everyone to uh, listen to the podcast, share it, follow it, and I'm sure we'll have more for you. Thanks again for listening, and thanks again, Mike. Thank you.